five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Minglosh for the WDMA. We're coming to you live today, and we're going to talk about digital and direct mail. But first, let's visit over here to Pepperidge Farms. They're launching a new campaign with their first ever spokesperson. And here we go. Okay, let's see if we can get this to work. Buttery, rich, mouth-watering. There are a million ways to describe the taste of Pepperidge Farm thin and crispy cookies. Mm. But it's not proper to talk while you're eating. That is a damn fine cookie. Pepperidge Farm, have a little taste. Okay, so, I don't know, for some reason, you know, I believe the British know something about cookies, but, uh, I don't know, she just doesn't sell it to me. She doesn't seem like she likes it, and maybe she doesn't, you know. It's hard to, it's hard to act in her defense. It's hard to act with a mouthful of cookie, I suppose. You don't really enjoy yourself. You're thinking about a lot of other stuff. So I don't know. Doesn't seem believable to me. But let's hear the thinking behind the ad, which is always fun. This is from Tanya Gazik. Yep, that's hard. Boy, it's, everything's little today. Um, actor Hannah Weddingham, which sounds really British, has signed on as the face of Pepperidge Farm Cookies, the brand's first ever celebrity partner. Okay. Have a little taste is the theme, and uh, it breaks today on YouTube, Meta, TikTok, Hulu, and Eps Epsilon Live. I didn't, I've never even heard of Epsilon Live. Maybe I should find out what that is. Epsilon Live. Hmm. Waddington is the very definition of class, humor, and charm. Uh, and who knows something about biscuits? She's on a show called Ted Lasso. Apparently, she's a team owner. I'm not even sure what sport. I've never heard of it before today. Um, but her, but Ted Lasso, the person, uh, bakes her cookies every day. And she's the boss, and he works there, I guess. And so she seems to know a lot about cookies, if you know the backstory, which I don't, right? Because I'm not on, I'm not watching cable TV <laughs> or whatever this is. <coughs> Okay, so Pepperidge Farms um, is trying to tap into the millennial audience, which it sees as continu a continued opportunity. Uh, they're currently the brand's largest demographic because, you know, if you're like me, you're just avoiding sweets most all the time anyway. Um, and the millennials are firmly established in adulthood. They, are val they value premium stacks and are seeking products with quality ingredients and superior taste, all of which Pepperidge Farm delivers per the spokesperson. Okay, so the cookies featured in the campaign are the thin and crispy milk chocolate chips, and um, they remain the company's top seller. But it, but um, and has had significant growth over the years. Fifty percent of people who try the cookie buy it again, per the company, which is actually very good. You know, that's really good. That's what you want. Okay, um, now let's get over to Attribution for a second here. Um, this is by Sam Anderson at The Drum. Attribution matters and how marketers, this is a really interesting article, and how marketers are navigating an uncomfortably complex topic. And of course, part of the reason they go on to say it's complex is that uh, 
third-party cookies and last-click attribution and walled gardens and other things are making cookies are making attribution for digital very very difficult if not more like <laughs> well we think this is what's working and so go with it you know sort of the old media you know i worked at an ad agency for a couple of years and that was kind of i mean you know in fact they had real challenge you know they they challenged me and asked me to de define direct marketing because they said well we do you know we do a campaign we do we do ads and you know maybe it's for a, sh a store opening and you know people show up and if we don't do ads they don't show up or at least that's what we think would happen but definitely we know that when we do ads people show up how is how is it not direct marketing and in defense of them the direct marketing definition at the time said that definite that direct marketing was generating a measurable response basically boiled down which they were doing right it was measurable they could count the people coming in right absolutely true and so that's kind of where digital is digital is basically a stepchild of of mass media that thinks it's doing that thinks it's measuring but a lot of the stuff they measure isn't incremental, and this article gets at that. And they said, so uh, attributing results to particular channels or campaigns is arguably digital marketers' most dogged problem. At least they admit it here. That's what I liked about this article. It's very, very honest. Um, I'm not sure who all these people are. It doesn't really say. Um, but these are dr the drum network experts. Okay. So Molly... DeVille says, measuring impact of marketing investments is not a new challenge. Right. It's, like I said, goes back to regular mass media, right? Uh, even newspapers or whatever. You don't know who sees it. You don't know who reads it. You know, all you know is who responds, right? And you don't necessarily know why exactly. So we do focus groups and we do brand brand unassisted recall and all kinds of stuff uh, measuring the impact of oh we got read that already okay so the digital industry has over relied on attribution as a source of truth and as others will point out um, they relied on the media companies themselves to tell them it was working <laughs> well of course it's working you know digital is always working right it's the best deal ever. Why wouldn't the media companies say that? Well, they may have a vested interest in how the study comes out. But anyway, so now we're forced to come up with better and more ethical solutions to help understand the customer journey. Uh, my advice, run a blended measurement approach, okay, with regular incrementality tests. Now, this is really, really, really it right here. Okay, so... Ryan Dillette over at LS Direct, we did an interview, it's on, you can go find it on YouTube, and uh, he told me that every time they do um, retargeting with mail, and they set that up, they always do incremental testing. What does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that let's, let's take a, let's say they, they mail out 20,000 pieces of to people who abandon their shopping cart okay and so they mail them out on a regular basis but uh, they might not mail 
of that 20,000. They might not mail two or 3,000, 10, 15, 20%, 4,000, and see if they are just as likely to come back to the shopping cart and buy those items as the people that they did mail. Okay, what that is, is incrementality. That the mail then, obviously, if you do nothing, if you just let them, you know, abandon their shopping cart and go away, then what happens? And those 4,000 will tell you what happens, right? And you can compare that number then and say, well, without any effort at all, 10% come back. Okay, makes sense, right? Okay, so we get out of that 4,000 doing nothing, we get 400 orders, right? Doing nothing. I mean, we did something to get them there, but we don't do anything to get them back at that moment. Okay, now we spend, now we send to 16,000, we send a little postcard saying, you left these items in your shopping cart. What do you think about that? <laughs> or here's another 5% off just to go back there. And as we learned last week with Tom Fishburne, you got to be careful with that. But whatever you try, try something. You can even split that 16,000 in half. Half you give a 5% benefit, half you don't. But you know who you gave it to, right? You know which shopping carts those were. And so at the end of that, let's say we did split that. Let's say we send a postcard to, to 8,000 and we sent a postcard with a little extra offer and incentive to the other 8,000. Okay, so what happens? Well, it says, well, you say, well, if 10% came back, that means that the project didn't work at all. Got that? Why can I, how can I say that? It got 10% results. Yeah, but it would have happened anyway. See? See why incrementality is crucial? I hope you're, I hope you're getting this. <laughs> I don't try to teach every, every episode here. Okay, but I got here late, so I'm trying to do a good job. So, so 10%, that's, that's your, that's your baseline. That's what you have to beat because it costs more to send the postcards, it's more trouble. You have to come up with stuff. So let's say you got 20% to come back. What's the incrementality? What's the incremental gain? 100%. You doubled the number. You know, you say, well, that's only 10% improvement. No, that's a hundred percent improvement. You doubled the, you doubled the results right and then you just have to say well the postcard cost us 80 cents or something uh is it worth it you know so let's make it a dollar it's not a dollar i can tell you that almost for sure but let's make it a dollar so we spent eight thousand dollars okay and we got a 20 well we got 10 percent more okay so we got now another 800 orders right depending on your average order size etc 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 your margin order processing cost. Now you can evaluate the cost of that mailing, $8,000. You know, let's say your let's say your uh, average order size is I don't know, something that 5,000. No, 500, let's say 500. So you you made $40,000 incrementally, I think. <laughs> if you're not sitting there with a calculator, then I shame on you cuz I'm not. <laughs> but anyway, now do you get what's going on? I hope you do. You know, you can say, well, but wait a minute, we, we, we're emailing some of the people. You know, we're emailing people that visit our, 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 uh, our site and abandon their carts. Okay, well, keep the email going. You can, or you can stop it, but let's just keep it going. 
That, and that may have been what generated that 10%. Okay, whatever you're doing, keep going, right? Don't, you don't have to worry about that. We're just trying to find out the incrementality, the incremental profit EBITDA gain with mail. And in my LoveSack case, which I've shared many times, we had, including pass-along, we had about a 900% incrementality EBITDA gain compared to customers that weren't getting a catalog. And that's something, okay? And that's something that mail is really good at because we know who got mailed. Digital, not so good, right? Digital, you don't know who saw the ad. You don't know who it was even in front of, even that went on the computer. And we, as we, we found out last week, a lot of times they're not being placed in places where people can even see them. They're, they're going on bot sites because of AI-driven ad placement, and they're seen by bots, and you get lots of clicks, and you pay a lot for it, and they watch your videos and your video ad, even though no one really did. They autoplay with the sound off, even if people are really on the site, real people. You know, there's all sorts of shenanigans going on, right? So we know that. <clears throat> that one's given a given. A&A has studied it. Uh, the World Advertising Council, I think it is, has studied it. Anyway, let's go on. So Marie or Matt Triggs says, attribution modeling has met criticism lately, particularly around measuring incrementality. Um, a lot of attribution models overestimate low funnel channels like pay-per-click and underestimate the influence of upper channel, upper funnel, or brand-led advertising. And often they, they, over, they underestimate mail's impact because instead of doing it the way I just described, what they do is they say, well, let's do a mailer, okay, and see what it does. And uh, maybe they don't even have a tracking code. Maybe the QR code just goes to their site. Most of them do, even in mature catalogs. <clears throat> You know, I begged Hummock or Slummer for years to put one on for one of their featured items on the back cover or something like that just to see what it would do. Put it on some, don't put it on others. Incrementality, after all. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, one came and there it was. I clicked it. It had a URL for HummockerSlummer.com. There's no tracking on that. The tracking ones have, you know, weird jumbled up stuff. <laughs> that then take you to homemakerslumber.com or better yet, take you to the right to the place where the product is located that interested you that was on the back cover. Um, you know, there's a lot of shenanigans going on in the guise of marketing. So anyway, um, so anyway, what happens is, so if you don't have any of the, if you don't do direct mail right, if you don't do tracking right, if you don't do incrementally right, if you don't do holdout testing right, what happens is you do a mailer. Somebody says, do a mailer. You see, you see one of my shows. Oh, yeah, let's try mail. What happens? You mail a bunch of people. Maybe you rent the list so you don't really know. Maybe you, didn't do, do any, you don't do any matchback testing to see, who, see the, the, the correlation, the actual match between the people you mailed and the people who bought. You can do that. Unlike digital, where you don't know until they buy. All you know is the buyers. In direct mail, you know that the buyers came from that list that you mailed. But if you don't bother to do that and you don't bother any sophisticated tracking, what you end up with is you end up with people getting the mailer, maybe setting it aside for a few days or weeks, um, going to your site, 
you know, looking at the mailer, maybe maybe keying in or maybe using that useless QR code you put on it and ending up at the site. And maybe they go they come and go a couple of times and then maybe they maybe they buy on their own. And you say, ha, 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 maybe they type in Google. Maybe they go to Google. They say, I can't, can't remember that site, but I wanted to go there. You know, I want to go there. Hamaker Schumer or something like that. Type it into Google. And found, oh, yeah, there it is. Okay, you get there. Guess what? You've already got a cookie because you visited before. What drove you to visit? The mailer. What gets credit? Google. Right? The advertiser has to pay Google, and they also had to pay for the mailer. So attribution is a mess, and I'm just trying to teach you why, okay? Last click, last click would be giving it to Google. Google gets 100% of the credit. They came from Google, they ordered, Google gets the credit. See how ridiculous that is? See what a fraud that is? Right. Most digital marketers trust Google Analytics. That's where they get all their information. That's how they know what's working on. There's little information about incrementality of the channel. There's none. Direct mail gets completely lost in the shuffle. Even though it could be the best way to find out what's really going on that you have access to. So uh, position-based, time delay, there's all kinds of challenges here. But if we get down to the bottom, and I highly recommend you, you go to WDMA.org and subscribe and download the show notes because this is a really good one. Okay, we need to move away from cookie-based and last-click attribution. Um, brands should commit to robust, future-proofed methodologies like marketing mix modeling, and I would add, doing direct mail well. Now, we have an article over here that's, you know, one of the typical ones that kind of smooths over the differences. Direct mail versus digital marketing, maybe we'll save that for tomorrow. Okay, but I think you've already gotten a good dose of it in understanding a little bit of how the flim-flam of attribution can fool you into thinking that Google is the answer to everything. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye. Oh, and share means repost on LinkedIn. If you repost it, it's worth 20 likes. So when you like it, I love that you like it. But hit that repost button, and you don't have to say anything. Just repost without comment. It's the second choice below. Repost without comment. Bye-bye.